You know, one of the, uh, one of the central themes of the Bible, not one of, the central theme of the Bible is the cross, right? It's Jesus died on the cross. It all hinges on that, right? All of Christianity, you know, we can talk about a lot of different subjects, but it's the cross. Y'all agree with that? It's all about the cross. And Easter Sunday, we begin a series called The Divine Exchange, and it's a study of the cross and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And uh, when Jesus died on the cross, that was very significant because a divine exchange took place. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. The cross, the message of the cross is the power of God. When you talk about the cross, it's the power of God. The divine exchange is the crucifixion. Uh, and and in, the, in the cross, in the message of the cross is the presence, provision, and power of God. Amen? And, and you know, Thomas Akempis, a 5th century theologian, he said it like this. In the cross is health. In the cross is life. In the cross is protection from enemies. In the cross is heavenly sweetness. In the cross is strength of mind. In the cross is joy of the spirit. In the cross is the height of virtue. In the cross is perfection of holiness. There is no health of soul, no hope of eternal life, except in the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross. Not the little thing that we hang around our neck. Not, the, not, the, not the, the wooden cross we put on the wall. I'm talking about the cross that Jesus hung on. Amen? And lying within the message of the cross is the power of God. It's the power to release a divine exchange in our life. Listen, in the world today, there are many people broken and struggling, and they don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. But I'm telling you, we can point them to the cross, and at the cross, they can experience divine change in their life. Come on, how many of you have already experienced that change and know what I'm talking about? In Hebrews 10, 14, it says, For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. By that one offering, Jesus dying on the cross provided everything we'll ever need in this time or for eternity. Amen. Listen, whether spiritual or physical, financial, emotional, material, relational, it has all been provided for in the cross. Are you hearing me today? It's all in the cross. The divine exchange is this. Jesus sowed that we might reap. Amen. Jesus gave his life so that we might have our life. Amen. Jesus died our death so we might share his life. That's the divine exchange. And so when Jesus died that day, there was something that was released in the heavenlies that you and I are still tapping into today. Now, as surely uh, as we study the divine exchange, surely, and you can, uh, you can expect that maybe you're living underneath the privilege that the cross has provided for you. Amen? Because how many of you know that we could spend a lifetime studying the provisions of the cross and not exhaust everything that Christ has provided for? You know, I've been at this, I've been serving the Lord for, I don't know, 27, 28 years, but I have an exhaust. It seems like the longer I'm serving God, the more I realize I don't know anything. I'm just barely learning about this thing. Come on, are y'all with me out there? I mean, come on, God is deep, amen? And our little finite minds can't comprehend the depths of God, amen? But he has a lot to offer, amen? 
The Bible says in John 8, 32, we're going to know the truth and the truth is going to set us free. The truth is going to give us liberty. It's going to liberate us. It's going to bless us. So let's begin talking about the blessings of the divine exchange. In Isaiah 53 is where you should be. And in verse 1, it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes... We are healed. The first divine exchange that we're going to talk about is his wounding for our healing. His wounding for our healing. Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Now, as you study out this verse and you look at it a little closer, you see the provision of the divine exchange there. Griefs in this verse in the Hebrew, literally means sickness. Sorrows in the Hebrew literally means pains. And so the literal translation of this verse is Jesus has carried our sickness away and has endured our pains. That's the real translation of that verse. And the end result is in verse 5, He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So the divine exchange is this. Jesus was wounded physically that we might be healed physically. Amen. That's the exchange. I'll take, I'll take the wounding so that you can be healed. Amen. Now notice the tense of this verse. He says, by his stripes, we are healed. Not we will be healed or we might be healed or possibly be healed. Come on. This verse says we are healed. Amen. And so as far as God's concerned, it's already done. It's been provided for. It's paid in full. Come on. Are y'all with me? John 19, 30. Jesus said when he breathed his last, he said, it is finished. It's all done. It's over with. Jesus paid the price. You know, I don't know, but they were 39 lashes. And I don't know, somebody said they might be 39 diseases. But he bore stripes on his back so that you and I today in 2012 in Acadiana could receive divine miracles in our life. Isn't that great? The divine exchange is his wounding for our healing. Physical healing is part of God's divine provision. How many of you know that? Now, Psalm 103, 1 and 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. How many of you know they got a lot of benefits? Forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. How many diseases? All All your diseases. Now, how many of you know all, the Greek and the Hebrew rendition of all means all, everything. Say two, amen, in the French vernacular. 
It's all there. He heals all. Acts 10, 38 says Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God is with them. Now notice he healed those who were oppressed by the devil. Do you know some sickness is the result of the oppression of the devil? You know, sometimes we just think, well, it's a breakdown in your immune system. Sometimes it's spiritually motivated. Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And so the question, how many did Jesus heal who were oppressed of the devil? Oh, yes, that's what it says. Jesus healed all. Why could he heal all who were oppressed of the devil? Well, the Bible tells us right there, because God was with him. Amen. Because God was with him. How many of you know God the Father is interested in divine healing? And he anointed his son when he died on the cross to be empowered to bring healing to the world. Amen. And so divine healing. God anointed Jesus with healing power. And uh, Matthew 4, 23 says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. You know, in that day, a leper would never get healed. Jesus healed the leper. You know, in that day, the blind, the mute, they weren't getting healed. But Jesus went and he delivered and he set free the blind and the mute. All diseases. It doesn't matter if the doctors say this is uncurable. God says everything is curable. Amen. How many of you know he is the great physician? Amen. And he went about healing all. And by the way, Not only did Jesus heal all diseases back then, he's still doing that today. He's still healing today. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus, I love this verse. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So listen, everything I see Jesus doing in the Bible, I can say he's still doing today. Some people will tell you that dispensation is over, but you got to take that verse out of the Bible because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's not going to quit healing. Amen. He's going to continue, right? That's what the Bible says. Not only is just Jesus still healing people today, how many of you know he has released his healing power to his children? How many of you know that God has given us the ability to lay hands on people? Jesus gives the gift of physical healing to his children. The Bible says in Mark 16, 17 and 18, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what the Bible says. One of the signs that we can expect to follow us as believers is to be able to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, I don't know about you. I've been believing in God. I've been praying for a long time. Man, I didn't know that God would anoint me to lay hands on the sick and they would recover. But Jesus said, these signs will follow who? Them that believe. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in here believe today that Jesus is the healer? Amen. So listen, if you're a believer, Jesus said, you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Is that what your Bible says? Now, come on, you're going to have to work hard to try to, to, to try to dis, disannul that verse, to try to say that this is not for today. Come on, just receive it as the word of God. 
Amen. Come on. The Spirit of God anoints believers with the gift of healing. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 11, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Verse 11, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that all the gifts are embodied in the Spirit. And as I get full of the Spirit, I can flow in whatever gift the Spirit has. As the Spirit wills. Amen. And I just believe that if I'm ministering to somebody and they need discernment, that God will give me the gift of discernment. And I believe that if I'm ministering to somebody and they might need healing, that God will anoint me with a gift of healing to to minister to that person. Come on. Y'all believe that? Amen. The Spirit of God anoints individuals with the gift of healing. Amen. So not only can we receive healing, we can be used to pray for people to receive healing. Now hold up. You can't heal nobody. I can't heal nobody. There ain't no healing power in this their hand. Amen. The healing power is in Jesus. Amen. I'm just a hose pipe. I'm the, the PVC pipe. Amen. That's all we are. He's the healer. We just obey his word. Amen. And so how do you know if you have the gift of healing? How do you know that? Well, I believe you just got to lay your hands on somebody and pray for him. Amen. Come on. Say, well, I don't know if I got that gift. Well, pray for somebody. Amen. And I don't believe, you know, I believe that some people, like they have a gift, you know, they, they're gifted. Like how many of you know some people are gifted to sing? And some of us are not. How many of you know what I'm saying? Amen. Come on. Y'all can relate. Amen. Yeah. I'm with you, brother, all the way. Some people have a gift where they just have a greater grace, maybe, to pray. But I believe that God gives the blessing to everybody that wants to flow in everything God has for them. Amen. And so I believe that, you know, that we need to pray. You know, uh, Easter, not Easter Sunday, uh, for family day. Uh, I was I was actually leaving, and there was a family leaving with me, and, and his uh, brother said, hey, Pastor Todd, i got to tell you this story. I've been wanting to tell you this story, and I, I hadn't got a chance to, but uh, a couple of years ago, Ken and I were handing out school supplies uh, in Ildicom one day, and, and we opened the door. I mean, we knocked on the door, and the door opened, and it, ha- it actually was some members of the church here, and they said, hey, what's going on? You know, come in, and so we said, hey, we're just, you know, we're, you know uh, inviting people for the school supplies. Oh, we'll be there, and before we left, they said, hey, would you uh, pray for my sister? She's been diagnosed with cancer. And she's going to, to New Orleans to get uh, surgery because they found cancer. So we said, uh, yeah, we'll pray. And we prayed. Ken and I prayed with them right there. And I said, you know, if your sister would be willing, why don't you invite her to church and have her come up. And we're going to anoint her with all and pray for her that she might be healed. He said, okay. Well, that following Sunday, this was Saturday night. That following Sunday, they were here at church. She came up. We anointed her with all, prayed for her. They went to, to New Orleans. They couldn't find the cancer. It was gone. Isn't that right, Ken? It was gone. Well, it's the same family. 
in this, uh, he was, he was coaching, uh, his, I think it was his nephew's basketball team and, and his nephew, they found out he was having some, some complications and they found out that, uh, he had a big hole in his heart, like abnormal. And they said, we gotta, we gotta do surgery here. And so he said, you know, Pastor Todd, you've been telling people to pray and stuff. So he said, I gathered the team together. He said, come here, boys. So let's pray for whatever his name is, John. Let's pray for John. He said, we just, we just gathered around John and we prayed for him. Amen. Well, John had been, had taken, I don't know if it's seven or 17. I can't remember. But he had multiple tests pointing to the hole in the heart. Well, he went to New Orleans to deal, to close up the hole in the heart. And so they did some more tests to find out exactly where the hole was. They could not find the hole. It was gone. (laughs) Amen. Now, come on. Is that real or is that real? Is that true or is that true? Now, listen, this wasn't no clergyman. He wasn't no pastor, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He was a layman that believed in the word of God, laid hands on the sake, and a miracle took place. Amen. I love that. Don't you love that? I love that. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many, of you, how many of you know God is good? Amen. Jesus said, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You know, I remember, you know, Brother Francis taught this. You know, thank God for good, solid Bible teaching. Brother Francis, Miss Babs, thank you. Thank you for just continually teaching the word of God. Amen. That's where I learned it right there. So Brother Francis teaching all that stuff. And so. One day I found out my nephew was in the hospital in Abbeville and they couldn't find out what was wrong with him. And he was just a little guy, had him in this tent. He could barely breathe. And so the Lord started stirring me and said, you ought to go pray for him. Oh, my sister-in-law, my brother's going to think I'm nuts. I mean, they know me as the dude that used to, you know, that's the druggie, you know. I mean, (laughs) that's going to be a real joke. And when the Lord was stirring me, he said, go lay hands on him. So it's like, oh, man, I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? My palms were sweating on the way to Abbeville. That was a long ride to Abbeville. And when I got to Abbeville, it's like, well, maybe something will happen where I ain't got to do this. You know, I was, I didn't want, I was scared. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Suppose they tell me no. And I walk in the room and my sister-in-law's by herself. And there's Brandon sitting in that, laying in that tent. Can't find out what's wrong with him. And so I said, ma'am. I said, sister-in-law, would you mind if I just laid hands on Brandon and pray for him? She said, no, not at all. So I just stuck my hand in the tent, put my fingers on him, and just prayed. Felt no goosebumps. In fact, all I felt was nervousness. That's all I felt. But I just felt like I needed to do what God was telling me to do. Laid my hands on him, prayed for him. The next day I called and said, how's Brandon? They dismissed him or the fever broke and they, he's fine and he's well. And they sent us home. We're home. Amen. So, so I thought, yeah, God did a miracle. No, Satan said, Todd, you had nothing to do with that. They were giving him medication. He's fine. That's all it is. You had nothing to do with that. So, well, maybe so. Maybe you're right, Satan. Maybe you're right. Maybe the word's wrong. No? No? The word is true? Yes, it is true. 
Amen. Now listen, months later, months later, it's Christmas time. And, and we're gathered at, the, at my parents' house and we're talking. And my sister-in-law comes up to me and says, Todd, I want to thank you for coming to the hospital and praying for Brandon. I said, well, man, that was awesome how God just, they never found out what was wrong with him. No, they never found out. But the fever's gone. He's healthy. He's fine. She said, listen, do you know that day whenever you prayed? She said, it was the first time in my life I ever felt the presence of God. Come on, I'm getting the goosebumps right now. I said, really? She said, yeah, when you prayed for him, I felt the I didn't feel nothing. She did. Amen. Come on. See what I'm saying? It's not about us. It's about the Lord and the provision of the cross. Amen. Jesus heals. Amen. Jesus heals. Do you believe that? You got to believe that. Amen. Now, you know, there are hindrances to experiencing the divine healing, whether it's in your life personally or whether it's being used. I want to give you three of them. Number one is lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Just lacking in knowledge can rob you of God's provision. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I just want to say through this, that was the beginning. But, you know, through this, I'm te- I, 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 every once in a while I'll run into somebody and say, you remember when you prayed for me? I mean, and I, I forgot about it. But, but you will see miracles if you're willing to lay hands on people. If you believe the word of God, you will see miracles. Now, has everybody got pray, healed that I prayed for? No. In fact, when I first started in full-time ministry, I thought I had the reverse blessing. Because it seemed like I was in a row. Every time I laid hands on and prayed for people, they would die a few days after. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I was beginning to think, man, I need to keep my hands off of people. <laughs> you know? But Brother Ernest used to say, that's where people go to die. It's in the hospital. So that's why I don't like to go there. Amen. I don't want to get no hospital. People die there. He was funny about that. But I'm telling you, Brother Ernest believed in divine healing. I mean, he would pray. I mean, I just remember I could see in my mind's eye. He walked to that hospital room, opened his Bible, turned to John. He said, well, the Bible says if you're happy, sing. I praise you, Lord. He just began. Now the Bible says if you're sick, let him pray. Let us pray right now. And he just anointed. He'd pray. Hey. Amen. And he had all the confidence in the world. I was like a little kid going, wow, man, this is crazy. But he saw more miracles. But you got to know about it first, right? And so listen, the Bible says a leper wasn't sure if it was the Lord's will to be healed. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, it says, behold, a leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put his hand And touched him saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Leprosy is a disease. Amen. And the leper said, if you are willing. This is the only place I know where somebody asked the Lord if it was his will for healing. Is it your will? And Jesus says, yes, it is my will. Amen. If you're wondering whether it's his will, he answers the question right here. It is his will to heal. Amen. You got to know about it. But not only do you have to know about it, another hindrance to experiencing divine healing 
is wrong doctrine or teaching. I mean, some people are taught that that's not going to happen. And how many of you know wrong doctrine or teaching can rob you of God's divine provision? Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy, empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of this world, rather than according to Christ. For in Him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Now, sometimes we're robbed of the Lord's divine provision because of our wrong doctrine, empty deceptions, and traditions of men. And some people believe that Isaiah 53 that, that what it was talking about, there wasn't physical healing. It was talking about spiritual healing. In fact, there's some that believe that 75% of born-again Christians don't believe in divine healing. Well, I want to encourage you to believe in it. I want to encourage you to believe in divine healing. Amen? Now, listen, there's no doubt that when Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood and he bore those stripes, it was for spiritual healing. No doubt about it. Amen. But I believe Jesus also bore those stripes on his back, not only for spiritual healing, but for physical healing as well. And, you know, the, Matthew makes the link in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter, uh, in Matthew chapter eight, he makes the link with Isaiah 53, four and five and physical healing. I want to read it to you. In Matthew 8, 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew is quoting Isaiah 53. So Matthew connects Jesus's physical healing ministry with the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. Are you following me? So Matthew gives Isaiah 53 a total physical interpretation and application. Amen. But some people will teach, don't expect any healing because that's not what it means. The divine exchange is this. Jesus was wounded physically that we might be healed physically. That's the divine exchange. So don't allow wrong doctrine and teaching to rob you. Yes, Isaiah deals with spiritual healing, but he deals with physical healing as well. Amen? Y'all believe this today? Now, a third hindrance to experiencing divine healing is unbelief. In Matthew chapters 13, 57, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works there, Because of their unbelief. Unbelief can rob you of God's divine provision. Come on, are y'all with me? You know, whenever you're taught against something, you got a harder time in finally believing it. Amen. And that's why, you know, I don't care about reading all this atheistic stuff. I don't want to leaven my faith with that unbelief. I don't want, it takes me, it's hard to, to, to feed your faith and to strengthen your faith. I'm not about to listen to so naysayer, atheist, agnostic, doubting Thomas to speak that junk into my ears. I'm going to guard my ears. Amen. Because faith releases the blessing of God. Jesus, Jesus didn't lose power whenever he went to his hometown. It's because of what they believed. They didn't believe that he could heal. And so they didn't see many miracles. 
Remember with the woman with the issue of blood? In Matthew 9, verse 20, Jesus then, uh, just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And she said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her and he said, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. How many of you know that faith allows you to receive the divine provision of God? Amen. And so that's why people are barely saved. They get healing because they hadn't been taught enough to, to not believe the word of God. And they just come like a child with simple faith and say, the Bible says that. Well, I believe that. And they get a miracle. And when we start doing all the Hebrew, Greek, you know, studies, the deep studies, sometimes that can just give us enough knowledge to mess us all up. Come on. How many of you know knowledge puffs up? Sometimes. Amen. So we got to believe. Faith allows you to receive the divine provision of God. You know, my brother Dick showed me this in this passage of scripture. And I want to close with this. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. says, it happened on certain days he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And when they sought to bring in and lay before him, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tile in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven, you. And the scribes and the, and the, and the, and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who's this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to him, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk? But as you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Now notice what verse 17 says. Now it happened that on a certain day, as he was, as he was teaching, there were who? Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And listen what it says. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Come on. Healing virtue was flowing in that meeting that day. Amen. The power of the Lord was present. And the Pharisees uh, was there to heal who? The Pharisees and the teachers. It says it was there to heal them. But were they healed? No. Power was present for them to be healed, but they didn't receive any healing. What was it that allowed the paralytic to be healed? Well, not even his faith. Not even his own faith, but his friend's faith. Amen. Look, Luke 5, 20 says, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven. And then he said, right, take that bed, go home. And they went home. Come on. Do you see what I'm, sometimes the presence of the Lord is in the house for healing. But it takes somebody that believes to receive. Come on. 
Do you believe today that the Lord, it doesn't matter if there's five generations of heart disease, the Lord can break that disease. It doesn't matter if the doctors say it's incurable. The Lord can cure all diseases, any disease. It matters not to the Lord. He can do it all. Amen. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to them, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes the divine exchange, Jesus was wounded physically so that we could be healed physically. Amen. Come on, let's stand together. How many of you believe in healing, divine healing? How many don't believe? No, don't. No. You know, it's interesting when you see the Gospels and when Jesus went to heal Peter's, I think it's Peter's mother-in-law. She had fever. He invited some of his disciples, but he didn't invite Thomas. Doubting Thomas. And he, told, he kicked out all the mourners. He cleaned out the doubt and he brought faith in. He said, come on, let's do this. He didn't invite Thomas. I don't want to be doubting Thomas. I want to believe. How about you? Amen. And so listen, this is how I think we should close today. First of all, how many of you, how many of you want to be used of God? If God gives you the, you know, the opportunity. Now, listen, let let me, let me just a little disclaimer here. Don't get weird. Okay, don't, don't, be, don't be a weirdo. You don't bring your big old thumping Bible and go, you know, and where, you know, interrupt places and things. You know, use discretion. And whenever you come in contact with people that are, you know, that are sick, you could point to them the scripture and just ask their permission. And just ask them, you mind if I pray for you? How many, of you, how many of you would like to see God use you? Come on, listen. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Amen. He said, these signs will follow them that believe. How many believers do we have in here? Come on. I will just pray for you right now. Those of you that just, come on. How many of you believe that you can receive, that you're a believer and you can receive the ability? Listen, you could go home and pray for your children. You could, you could pray for your mom or your dad. Come on, you could, you could see God do miracles. Not everybody I pray for gets healed, but bless God, some do. Amen. Father God, thank you. Come on, let's ask God. Lord, release your anointing right now. Release your healing right now. Lord, release God, your grace. Release faith right now, Lord. Release God. Release, 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 Lord, your unction right now. Father God, like that, like that brother that prayed for his nephew and a hole in his heart was supernaturally healed. God, that is the kind of miracles that you want to do. I know throughout this area, through your people, I pray, release grace, release faith, God, and use your body, Lord, to minister your love and your grace, God. Lord, I know that you are moved with a compassion. And Lord, let not our desire be to have power and walk around like we're something or somebody. But Lord, let it be motivated out of compassion, out of love, Lord, out of a tenderness towards people's brokenness, God. Lord, let it come out of the compassion of the Lord. Father God, thank you for filling us and flooding us right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Now, one last thing before we go. If you have uh, infirmity in your body, you have pain in your body, sickness in your body, in a church this size with that many people, I'm sure there's a number of you. 
I just feel like what we need to do, we ministered the word of God, and I believe that the spirit, the presence of God is here to heal. Amen. Because God watches over his word. Amen. So if you have infirmity in your body, I want to ask all the pastors and all the, we're going to anoint you with all according to James. Listen to what James says. James chapter five, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. Come on. We're going to anoint you with all according to James five. And, and I'm, I'm just trust that even as you walk down here to get prayed for is as if you're asking, would you anoint me with all and pray for him? I'm asking for the anointing of all and for prayer. Amen. And we'll see what God does. Might just see some miracles here this morning. Amen. Come on down right now. And brother Francis, miss Babs and the and pastors, we're going to get all the all we can. We can anoint you with oil, lay hands on you, and pray for you. Amen. And I just, I just love that Brother Francis and Miss Babs here because that's where I learned it from. Amen. And I, and I just thank God for learning about it. And because of it, there is divine miracles taking place. Amen. Brother Francis, here's some oil right here. And y'all, you just begin to. I want you to. Uh, just come up here. Just come up close and, and just begin to, to, to just anoint with oil and just begin to pray. And come on, I want you to extend your hand out here to all these that are coming up right now. How many of you believe? How many of you believe this morning? How many of you believe that the Lord is the healer? Come on, let's ask God. Come on, let's ask God. I want you to pray with me while they begin to get prayed for right here. I want you to pray with, this is the army right here. And the Bible says that some were sick because of the oppression of the evil one. Let's pray right now. Let's break the power of darkness. Let's break the power of evil off of every life and every family, whether it's generational or not. Let's ask God to release this miraculous healing power right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we release your power. We release your presence. We release your anointing right now. Your healing anointing. Your healing power. Lord, we bind up the spirit of infirmity. We break, Lord, the spirit, the spirit of affliction right now. In the name of Jesus, we break every demonic hole. Lord, if it's demonically oppressed, we break its power. We break its hole. And we declare right now that, Lord, you are releasing your healing power and your healing touch right now. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for releasing your power, for releasing your presence. Thomas, come up here and come and y'all come and pray. Stuart, come up here and just begin anointing with all and begin to pray. Come on, let's pray. Pray, pray, pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord.